from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Another day, another sway, another swing, another roller coaster. Cal Stanford now facing roadblocks to uh, get into the Atlantic Coast Conference. Roadblocks. Roadblock. Now, is that does that turn around and go the other way, or is that like a stop where you just have to answer some questions and keep it moving? Is it a toll booth? What are we talking about? I'm, here? I'm, I'm sorry. You talking about like is this a uh, like sobriety checkpoint? Is this a <laughs> is this a sobriety checkpoint? Is it a uh, you know four lane highway down to one open lane? Like is it a roadblock? Uh, turn around. There's nowhere to go. It's like road work on Wade Avenue. Or, yeah, exactly. Uh, is is it turn around or is there still a way forward? And who is managing the messaging for the ACC right now? Because to me, the only way that your interest or possible interest or the conversation of involving Stanford and Cal into the future of the Atlantic Coast Conference, the only way that message gets out is as if you are, to use the the, the football analogy, you're not even on the one-yard line trying to score. You're on the, the six-inch yard line, and it's first down. Like, you don't let it out until you you know it's happening. Andrea Adelson was on with Adam Gold. You heard a clip of it to start the show. Uh, this is uh, more from, from Andrea about the, uh, the ACC being close to the votes needed. They're close to having enough yes votes. They need 12 to go ahead and say yes to Cal and Stanford. They're very close to that number, which is why the discussions are going to continue in the hopes that maybe somebody decides to change their mind. Right. Um, the fact that this has become... Uh, more open and more public um, is just a byproduct of Cal and Stanford kind of hanging out there um, <laughs> and available because of what's happened with the Pac-12. Close to the votes? Close. Close to the votes. Need 12 of 15 because Notre Dame does factor into this for some way, for some reason. They're, they're, that's true. There's uh, there's something, there, there's a, a cliche, right? What is it? Horseshoes and hand grenades? Uh-huh. That's the only time close matters? Mm -hmm. Close doesn't mean we should know about it. Close means we shouldn't know about it. Done means we should know about it. Yeah. Pete Thamel uh, covers, obviously, he's been right on top of all of this, tweeted out, this This is what I was woken up to. Uh, so, uh, so I checked my phone, and this was sent to me a few different ways. Pete Thamel, sources, ACC presidents met tonight, and the pursuit of Stanford and Cal for conference membership has, quote, hit significant roadblocks. There's always been long odds because there wasn't ever a significant value add. There's always been long odds. Do you know? Here's here's why I'm so confused by the messaging. Do you know any school that the SEC was discussing bringing in that didn't end up joining the SEC? Nope. No, because they don't let that get public. Trust me, that every every single school that they've discussed did not one day end up in the SEC. As soon as it was leaked that the Big Ten was interested in Oregon and Washington. Oregon and Washington were going to end up in the Big Ten. The Pac-12 was holding super double secret meetings. They were taking meetings that were supposed to be at 10 a.m. and moving them to 7.45. They were doing full-court press to, to make Oregon and Washington stay, and the Big Ten was like, nope, nope. 
If yeah. you can get up at 745, luckily we're further east, so we'll get up at 845 our time. It'll still be earlier than you. It wouldn't have gotten out uh, that the Big Ten was interested in Oregon and Washington until they got to the point where they knew they were on the way already. They were just waiting for the, the, the T's to be crossed and the I's to be dotted. There, There's a certain element of professionalism that is escaping the ACC throughout this whole process. There's a, there's a reactionary jumpy, right? They're, they're backpedaling. They're on their heels. That's, that's not like, think of the secrets the SEC and Big Ten have kept over the last two years. Many. We don't even know how many. Correct, because they keep secrets. Big, like Texas and Oklahoma. Do you remember the feeling when you found out Texas and Oklahoma were leaving the Big Twelve for the SEC? It came out of nowhere, and I guarantee you, the SEC didn't put that together in an afternoon. I remember being in Charlotte for ACC Media Days (laughs) two years ago. And all of a sudden, it just blindsided everybody. Even people that we were talking to from all the universities in the ACC were like, wait, hold on, what? This just happened? No one knew. Because the loose lips sink ships, and the, the, the SEC is, is a good ship right now. Well built. The Big Ten had USC and UCLA in the palm of their hands. Coming to the Big Ten, nobody knew. The ACC explored Stanford Cal for like 20 minutes. The world knew. It took that long. There's there's no honor or pride or a sense of community in the ACC right now. I mean, like you'd hate to do it, but at this point, like there's no private conversations amongst ACC conference members. Right, a board of trustee calls another board of trustee. They're like, hey, this stays between me and you, but you know, let's let's ch- chat. 20 minutes later, they're quoted as like a, you know, a a anonymous high-ranking source. It's like, oh, come on. You're going to have to start having everyone you have a conversation with sign an NDA. This drives into that conversation of the narrative of the ACC being weak. Yes. Oh, like it's crumbling. Like it's slowly eroding. You can't see the foundation, but it's starting to erode. This just feeds that narrative even further. And and it feeds the, you know, what Florida State is trying to do. Yeah. Right, weaken their their uh, weaken the people that are holding them together. Mm-hmm. Right, weaken the ACC and then find a crack and run out of the conference. I I just Stanford and Cal. At this point, I think you have to bring them in, but I I, I don't care a ton. Like I don't think it does a ton. Uh, I don't think the next meteorites deal is gigantic because of them. Like. But once you reach this point, everybody knows your business in every different direction. It's it's every time the the negotiations or not even negotiations recruitment the interest sways a little bit this way. We all know about it, and I hate that. Right? Have you ready for this? This is this is a a reference. One of, one of my favorite books is called the five the five families. It's it's I don't know two thousand pages. It's on the the uh, organized crime, mafia, and mob in in America. Okay, whole history. You'd be surprised how many times people found uh, that were like you know high ranking members in in one of the five families, one of the the mob families. 
they they found you know that their living room was bugged and it was only because everything they said immediately went to someone else and they were just like okay something's going on here right the ACC has that going on right now right they have a meeting at 6:15 says oh roadblocks are popping up by 6:30 every insider in college football has it it's like are, are we bugged or do, do we have a mole? Do we have a a, a rat in yes, the family? Who's the rat? And and that's kind of how it feels right now. You know, you wake up with a bunch more information, and I'm going, I don't like, I shouldn't know any of this. I feel like I'm I'm peeking into someone's like, you know, the per, like into their living room. So like, I don't feel weird, right? They don't know I'm looking. The ACC, Stanford, Cal, everything that's happening right now should have happened behind closed doors, in the dark. We should have just gotten, like, on a Thursday, hey, Stanford and Cal, ACC, talking to each other. On a Friday, done deal. That's how it goes. That's how it goes for every other conference. That Why does it not go that way for the ACC? We have to take this whole ride. We even saw it with the Big 12 with Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Like, yep, these votes are happening. Two days later, it's official. Yeah. Arizona's in on Wednesday, and I it's only a matter of time before Arizona State and, and Utah join. And then almost by the time you're done that sentence, they're like, invitations has been sent to Arizona State and, and Utah. Roadblocks. Well, you know what? Fix the road before you let me know you're driving on it. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Don't be afraid to lose, says Frank Reich. But don't be surprised if we we bring someone in that might take your job. That was a different part of the the media availability. Didn't say him back to back like that, but uh, yeah, different days. Yeah, that, you know, that was. It would be kind of cruel to just say him back to back like that, right? Yeah. Don't be afraid to make a mistake, but if you make too many of them, we'll fire you. We have free agents on our list. Uh, Frank Reich did not rule out adding pieces to the roster, and that means I, you know, sometimes you have to think of what someone's saying. Sometimes you have to think of why they're saying it. Okay? Ready? I can't get this this uh story from today out of my mind, so here we go. I had my uh my super the the intense uh orientation to the new company here, which feels kind of crazy because I've been working here uh now for over a month. Mm-hmm. But uh had my super intense orientation, and that means you get all the new employees into a room, and HR gives you this the, every spiel you could possibly have, right? Of course. And uh, one of them was about um, the insurances, right? Health, uh, uh, dental, vision, right? Anything else? This HA, that SA, that FET, whatever. So uh, I'm sitting there, I'm watching, and and they're doing as most presentations do, stopping every once in a while and saying, uh, "Any questions?" So we're in the middle of the vision section, and uh, they're talking about hardware is what they call like frames and lenses, right? Mm-hmm. Like this much for if you if you this plan gives you this much for hardware, and and a guy and I, I won't say his name or you know his department or anything, but he raises his hand, and they're like, oh, question. He's he said, does this support cyborg eyes? 
This is, this is a room full of adults, and he hits them with, like, does this support cyborg eyes? Well, does it? Because if it does, I might change my plan. <laughs> there was a full-out pause where neither HR nor anyone, nor anyone else in the room knew if he was joking or not, knew if there was – it was like – uh, what? And and then eventually he kind of giggled, and we were like, "Oh, okay, he's making a joke." And you know, we got back to the presentation. Uh, and I was like, "All right, that's that's strange." Like it was very serious and kind of dry meeting, right? You're just going over this plan and this price and this plan and this price and this company policy that you have to follow, and you have to sign up for this. But very, and then he just threw in a weird cyborg eyes joke in the middle of it. Why not? Come to find out, he has like seven kids. And I'm like, oh, this guy makes cyborg eyes jokes. That makes that tracks, right? He's he's got a, a bunch of kids running around, right? And they're watching the cartoons and the comic books, and it makes sense. And you're like, that's why he's saying it. So so I, I and it kind of all makes sense, right? It's like, all right, you know, if you start singing, you know, if you're happy, clap your hands. Okay, now I know why that's your favorite song because you you've got a whole bunch of uh, little ones running around. Uh, so Frank Reich says to the media, that they could play winning football with the roster as it stands now, but he would not rule out their their general manager, Scott Fitterer, adding pieces if there's a need. Now, that could just be Frank Reich is putting it out there, right? That could just be Frank Reich saying, hey, uh, you know, if we need an edge rusher, if somebody gets hurt, we, we can go get someone filled in. But I also like to think about why he's saying that. Right, It's not just what he said. It's why he's saying that. I'm going to try to connect the dots here a little bit. I think the Panthers are debating if they want to get greedy. I think that the Panthers are having conversations, right? Because even the conversations you have behind closed doors, they're you know on top of mind when you're having questions to, with the media, when you're having conversations with the media. Uh, I think they're debating if they can go further than any of us are really giving them credit for. Right, they they can play winning football now, is what he says. They can win the division. That's me talking. Right, they're in a bad division with a lot of uncertainty around them. Uh, right, the Bucks still have an or starting at quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. The the Saints are are auditioning running backs that are then running out of town to go uh, work out with the Colts. There's <sighs> there's there's the Falcons with Desmond Ritter. You know, there's so many questions. They can win the division. I'm not saying they will. They can. They've added a few pieces on the defense. Deion Jones, Justin Houston. They've they've gotten a look at Bryce Young leading the team for a couple of weeks now, right? Maybe they're starting to like what they see. Maybe they're going, wait a second. Do they think they can win something above the division? Is that the, hey, don't be surprised if he goes and gets a few more pieces. Is that saying... If we're thinking of chasing something beyond wild card weekend, we might have to go get some pieces. We didn't think about that in the offseason because we didn't think we'd be in this position, but we're liking what we see, so don't be surprised. So I could see something along the lines of, all right, you have Thielen, Chark, mm. Chanel, Mingo, Marshall. Well, there's still like Demir Bird and Shai Smith. Uh, Bird, you, I, I, uh, I know Bird, I think, has an injury that yeah, that, might that, last the for hammy. a while. Yep. So, okay, maybe you move a guy like Shai Smith. There's someone else that you think is can be a number six receiver to get a depth corner. Or, for example, you look at depth on the interior of the offensive line. Cade Mays is starting right now for Austin Corbett, recovering from the ACL. 
How long is his – like, what's his prognosis for mm-hmm. return? We're not entirely sure. Chandler Zavala drafted out of NC State. He's dealing with the pectoral. Mm-hmm. So now your interior line depth is actually kind of thin. So, okay, do you go add a piece to provide depth there? Maybe those are the pieces that they're looking at. They, they, they could look at something like that if they if they – Look at maybe their running back position and don't like the depth, especially little tweaks here and there to a couple guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they go Leonard Fournette? Right there's Zeke Elliott's floating around. Out if, there. if they're dirt cheap, right because the the, yeah. the running back market is is bottomed out. Like there are options out there, but to me, you don't do that. Right, if you think your current roster can already win the division, and I think their current roster can already win the division. But uh, it didn't like it wouldn't take much for them to let their imaginations run wild, right? Wouldn't take much for them to let their greed get a hold of them, start talking themselves into it. Like, whoa, Justin Houston looks pretty good. That was a that was a good pickup there, Scott. You see what I'm doing with Bryce? Bryce is looking pretty good, right? We're developing him. He's he's owning the 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 offense. You, you see what? Oh, look at this. We might be a little better than we thought, right? Instead of being ten moves from having a chance to win a playoff game. <laughs> Someone just say win a playoff game? Yeah. Now, again, I don't know if they're there, okay? I'm very confident saying they can win the division. I'm, I'm not to the point where I'm throwing playoff wins out there yet, but I think that's maybe been a conversation they have, right? I think that's maybe something they have going on internally that now it's it's just squeaking out into the, the public sphere a little bit. Because, you know, like Justin Houston showing up, I, I love the move, and I've talked about it, right? And I think it's good for Brian Burns. I think it's good for Brian Burns' production, his development, in a bunch of different ways. But at the same time, if you were planning on not being great this year, you'd probably want Amari Barno out there, right? You'd probably want DJ Johnson out there. You'd probably want to see what they have and see what they are and give them those reps to develop. So the, if they're moving into like a, hey, we might not be as much of a win three or four years from now team. We might be a little bit of a win now or next year team. Then, yeah, don't be surprised if Scott Fritter goes out there and makes some moves. Don't be surprised if we move a fourth-round pick next year for somebody that can contribute this year, right? That Those types of things I didn't think would be smart. And I, and I, as of right now, not knowing what they know, like I haven't seen every practice. I don't get to watch the film. I don't know what they're being asked to do. I probably still wouldn't think that's smart. But with their knowledge being obviously more intimate with the team than mine, maybe they're coming around to the idea. And they only have six draft picks next year because of a lot of the picks that they moved to trade up to get Bryce Young. They don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, they have second, third, fourth, I think like two-fifths and a sixth, something along those lines. So there's a little bit of a premium on those. Exactly. So it's like, all right, do you want to have a second straight year of just drafting five guys if you move one of these picks this upcoming draft? Like, do you want to have that again? I don't know if that's such a good thing long that, That's term. where you get into the conditional picks. Yes, exactly. Yes, the guy to love a good conditional I, pick. I, I, I love – we're giving him a seventh. As long as the guy we trade for doesn't play 80% of the snaps, then the, the seventh is in 2029. I know, you can't, <laughs> I know you can't do that, but still. 